0: On the lower slopes of Mount Parnassus, in the 4th century BC, stood the famous temple of Apollo at Delphi. It was the place where the oracle known as the Pythia would be consulted before any major enterprise took place in the ancient Hellenic world. On the forecourt of that temple, visitors would be subjected to the first, and arguably most famous, of three inscriptions known as the Delphic Maxims. This first one, read in ancient Greek, and I quote, unquote, which translates into know thyself. I'm David Amarland and this is the Sunday podcast. Buckle up and strap in because today's ride is going to take us through our inner space and time as we examine the really big question of who we really are as we age. There are many aspects to this question, not least biological decline and diminished cognition and the development of character over time. Unsurprisingly, this is uncomfortable territory to consider, and doing so usually tends to bring up quite a strong pushback. There are people whose experience of other people would make them swear blind that people do not change, that character is defined at a certain age in life, and that who we are is who we are, no matter how old we happen to be afterwards. That might sound like an intuitive truth that's hard to deny, until we examine it through the prism of that much bigger question of can people change? As a society, we invest enormous amounts of time, money and effort to rehabilitate prisoners, to educate the underprivileged, to help those who suffer events that are psychologically and emotionally damaging, so that they can adjust and recover from them. Underpinning all of these efforts is the foundational belief that people can actually change. And, as it happens, we have the hard data that backs up that belief. This, however, raises other questions. If people can change, if people do change, then we have to ask ourselves, how does this happen and what can we learn from it? Unravelling the issue of our personality is not easy. It's not helped by the fact that even a tiny amount of self-reflection throws up some pretty obvious contradictions. In ourselves, we tend to feel we have changed. Our journey through life has given us good and bad experiences, fresh knowledge of the world, and a better sense of our own capability. So in that sense, we're no longer the same as when we were 10 or 18 even. At the same time, however, we will fiercely resist the idea that our values have changed over time or that we have become somehow fundamentally different. We will argue that we are and feel the same we have always been. Now, I know that you know that you don't need me to remind you just how unreliable self-reporting can be. The brain is a sense-making machine and one of its primary functions in that role is to edit the different aspects of our life together so that they can become a seamless whole that somehow makes sense to us, no matter how disjointed it may appear to outsiders. To give you an example, consider my own personal journey. A chemical engineer by training who did a master's on quantum mechanical effects on laminar flow processes and who ended up working for newspapers jumping to business journalism from there becoming involved in search engine optimization which then led to a number of successful books on the subject that led to consulting for global corporations writing more books about the web social media and human decision making which has all now led to this podcast about things that capture my attention and involve a number of different scientific disciplines. Does this journey make sense to you? I must admit that when I commit this to paper and look at it from outside myself, I do struggle to see the connections. Yet, when I dive back inside myself, I know that my journey has a single connective thread, which is to explain and demystify complex subjects for a broad audience and give that audience a practical perspective on those subjects. This remains the same whether we talk about search engine optimization, social media marketing, or human decision-making. Inside my own mind, this connective thread makes sense because my own sense of what is important to me, what I value in the world, hasn't changed since my teenage years. I understand this to be true, despite the fact that I also acknowledge that I'm no longer the same person I was when I was 18 and dreamt of changing the world. I have lived in four different countries and three continents. My business travel has taken me to more than 19 different countries. I've helped CEOs and VPs of some of the world's largest corporations make sense of the change taking place in business because of search and social media. Each of these experiences has left its mark on me. It has changed my perspective of the world and my place in it. So, Why do I also feel that I've hardly changed? Explaining this dichotomy and resolving the apparent contradiction is a newly released research paper that has analyzed the results of 152 longitudinal studies on personality, where they followed participants starting from their early 20s all the way up to their 70s. The researchers found that each individual's level of each personality trait relative to other participants, tended to stay consistent within each decade of life. That pattern of consistency begins around age three, they suppose, and perhaps even earlier. Now, this fits in completely with what we know of personality as being comprised in part of the relational connections between values we prize personally and in part of our external relations with other people. To understand this better, let's unpack it a little bit. My own personality, according to science, is the result of what I value internally and what I value externally. Suppose what I personally value is personal freedom, community values, societal cohesion and external stability. What I value externally is the way that my work and who I am inside affects those around me and helps me feel part of a greater whole. In that respect, my constant acquisition of knowledge and experience, as I age, is likely to make me feel different about such things as social status, personal wealth, self-importance, societal change, and even law and order. This means that the part of my personality that comes from weighing the importance of external factors is bound to change as I age. But is the same true of who I think I am inside myself? Well, yes and no. Research reveals that consistency in who we are inside ourselves is not equivalent to being exactly the same all the time. A shy 3-year-old, for example, behaves differently to a shy 20-year-old. The shyness, however, will not go away with age. Psychologists call the process of change in our personality maturation. What I find both fascinating and revealing in this is Is that it is an entirely semantic process in the sense that both the internal and external aspects of our personality are the result of connecting different values around our own central sense of self and then ascribing differing numerical importance to its value depending on where we are in our life journey. The external world is in constant flux. Depending on the circumstances we encounter, we may value law and order, because we live in a relatively stable, law-abiding and peaceful society, or we may value disruption, anarchy and revolution, because we happen to live in a suppressive, brutal, totalitarian regime. These two examples are at almost the opposite ends of the spectrum of human behaviour, and yet they can each be contemplated with the same degree of acceptance by two people who exhibit the same inner characteristics. This suggests that our inner journey is consistent in the values that created, even if the importance of each value relative to the other values may fluctuate a little with time. This is exactly what happened with the Lothian birth cohort, a group of people who had their personality traits and intelligence examined in June 1932 or June 1947, when they were still at school. At the time, they were around 11 years old. When they were tracked down and studied again, they were given the exact same personality tests, and by then they were in their 70s and 80s. The tests revealed that, overall, their personalities had remained unchanged in their core values, even if there were slight shifts. The externally regulated aspects of their personalities, however, exhibited significant changes, with some of them becoming more agreeable and conscientious, while others became a lot less agreeable and argumentative. Some of these changes are, without a doubt, the result of high or low emotional points in a person's life. Personal tragedy or bad health will affect a person's willingness and capability to engage with the world. A sense of security and stability will also help a person be more open to fresh ideas and value cooperation with others over competition. We now have enough research data to understand that who we are inside may change in intensity, but not in character, while who we are outside has a much greater degree of fluctuation with variables changing all the time, new values being added and old ones deprecated or dropped completely. This means we can now begin to answer some of the really big questions, so let's take them in sequence. Question 1. Do people change over time? The answer is yes, they do. A classic example of this is a loving couple where the partners forget to remain in tune with each other. As they acquire different experiences that are not shared and weigh the value of these experiences only for themselves, they find that over time each person develops differently and they end up drifting apart, because there are no longer common values and understandings holding them together. Question 2. Can people change? The answer is yes, they can. Prisoners whose actions were the result of personal circumstances can be rehabilitated because they learn to see themselves differently in relation to the outside world and other people. Drug addicts who chose addiction as an escape from reality can learn to apply mechanisms that enable them to cope differently with stress. The fact that we can handle the external aspect of our personality allows us to grow and learn to behave differently. We need to remember, however, that because our inner values are still intact, all we can do with them is learn to manage them better. This is why recovering drug addicts are always in recovery and rehabilitated prisoners have to consciously choose to behave differently. Final of the big questions, question three, is does age degrade our personality? To some degree, it probably does. As we experience biological degradation, it becomes harder to retain the stability of who we are and how we feel. This is why it is important to strive to be healthy, active and engaged with the world, regardless of how old we are. The main thing to take away from all this, of course, is that deep down there is a core set of values that define each person. We don't always understand these values, why they are important to us and how much we prize each one. This is why we often struggle to explain who we are. The external aspects of ourselves are plain to see. We each are husband, wife, son, daughter, doctor, scientist, engineer, mechanic, the list goes on and on and on, and each label comes with an attached set of perceived values and expectations that we use as a guide to our behavior. Self-reflection, introspection and deep self-analysis are harder to do, and they make us feel uncomfortable so we usually tend to avoid them. Yet, it is only by practicing them that we can reach that understanding of self that the Delphic Oracle asked all its visitors to achieve. To know ourselves truly is to understand what is important to us. Understanding what is important to us gives us greater clarity in our direction in life. Being able to see where we're going helps us prioritize our actions which helps us better control our emotional, physical, and psychological resources. This makes our life a lot more focused, better, if not necessarily easier. Above all, this approach makes life more meaningful. A meaningful life allows us to manage stress better, which means we tend to feel better overall. Self-knowledge and self-awareness then are the cornerstones necessary to crafting a meaningful life. A meaningful life is a life well lived, and that is what any of us can truly hope for. If you are ready to take the dive and peel back the layers of your own personality, it all begins with that simple question. Who are you, really? I am David Ammerland, and this is the Sunday Podcast. Thank you for listening.